these hospitals are all COVID hospitals. So they have multiple patients on ventilators in one room because they don't have anywhere else to put them. A Kansas nurse sounds the alarm about COVID-19. In today's episode, the grim reality she experienced while volunteering in a New York hospital. to seeing us on the evening news. This conversation is different. I'm Haley Harrison. ABC9 reporter Bianca Beltran talked to Hannah Crosby, who is back home in quarantine from the front lines of the coronavirus outbreak. You're about to hear some of my conversation with Bianca. You're also going to hear some clips from Bianca's interview with that nurse, Hannah Crosby. This call is now being recorded. Hey, Bianca, how are you doing? Hey, good. Good morning. How are you? Oh, doing so well. It's so good to hear from you. Me too. <laughs> I mean, full-on reality check. I am in my closet because I am hiding from my children. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm glad this is not a video call because I'm still in my pajamas. <laughs> oh, same. <laughs> same. I have, my hair is wet. I haven't uh, got my makeup on yet. This is just kind of how we're living right now. <laughs> It is. It is. It's, it's weird, and it's taking some getting used to, but take it day by day. Absolutely. Listen, I wanted to ask you about your interview with Hannah Crosby. How did you come across her story? Her uh, best friend's dad actually reached out to us and sent us her Facebook post that she shared last week, and it was a long very emotional post uh, that talked about her experience going to New York City to work in the ER, and that definitely caught my attention. I ended up in New York because I had seen advertisements for it, um, just deploying people to New York City to help out with the cause, and I was interested in experiencing it, seeing what's going on out there, because I had heard so many different things, and I wanted to kind of see for myself just what was going on, and um, that and I had seen all the posts of the nurses saying that they needed help and that they were getting overwhelmed and I kind of wanted to see what was going on. So I went out for myself and it was definitely not what I expected. A little bit of the backstory on Hannah. She's, she's from Kansas City. She grew up in Kansas and she said that she had been a nurse for about seven years working in emergency medicine most of her career. And uh, she ended up going to New York because she saw the need for help and, and wanted to lend a hand, um, but ended up coming back because of the experience was just overwhelming physically, emotionally, mentally. And she was worried about, you know, if things were to progress here in Kansas City, she wanted to be ready to be back and help at home. What? Where does she work now full time? She actually didn't want to disclose too many details about herself, mm. um, and we've heard this quite a bit from people reaching out to us saying, you know, please look into this or that issue, and when I followed up, they said, oh, I don't want to, um, you know, go on the record or go on camera because I want to keep my job, and so um, mm. she didn't disclose too much information, but so that she would be, uh, after her quarantine period, two weeks um, in isolation, and, you know, healthy and ready to work again, she wanted to continue to work in Kansas City. And I was working nights in the emergency room, and they, they're overwhelmed. She talked a lot about the amount of supplies that they had. Uh, you know, some of the images that maybe we've seen on the news from video coming out of New York, cooler trucks 
for the deceased, um, you know, talking about the need for uh, IV pumps and PPE, personal protective gear, ventilators. And she talks with a little bit of frustration about how this affected the way that they could do their work. They have multiple patients in multiple rooms, and these aren't just your normal, you know, um, back pain patients that you would expect to see in the ER or even car wrecks. These are these hospitals are all COVID hospitals, so they have multiple patients on ventilators in one room because they don't have anywhere else to put them. And if you don't, if you come into that hospital and you don't have COVID, you're going to have COVID by the time you get there because we're running out of supplies. Um, CDC is now recommending that we use the same pair of gloves between patients, and that's kind of what we walked into when we got there. And that's still what we're seeing. And I had actually just seen a post that they had just run out of non-rebreather masks. So they were using biohazard bags rigged up to something else. I mean, that's that's the point that these people are at. And I mean, that's the point that Kansas City could get to. Granted, our population is a lot smaller, but um, when you look at it relative to New York City, we could get to that easily here. So the stories that we've been hearing nationally about how they're running low on PPE, not only at local hospitals, but certainly in New York City, there's not enough ventilators, there's not enough masks and gloves. And she told you that that's really how it is. Absolutely. And she said that she was lucky to have one mask for her entire shift, uh, whereas some other colleagues of hers had to preserve their their equipment, their protective gear for an entire week. And normally, you would use it once and dispose of it and um, use a new set for each patient. And so that just goes to show how limited they were in terms of supply. And I assume, like most nurses, she's pro- she was probably working at least 12-hour shifts, right? Long shifts. She said she was working nights as well. And it was really hard because as we're seeing the numbers coming out of New York and they're changing every day, growing every day. Um, she talked about holding the hands of patients that were being intubated. And um, she wrote in her post, knowing that they will probably never see another face after hers. And knowing that they probably wouldn't come off of that ventilator and that she was going to be the last person that they would see. And that's that's a lot of pressure, a lot for anyone to carry. I feel really bad for the nurses in New York and um, and really the ones that are in Louisiana and all these places that are getting hit hard in our nurses here because they have been watching their friends and their families and their communities die for weeks. And they don't have the option to just say, I'm done and walk away. I mean, they can, but I mean, that's really not who we are as care providers. And now some health systems, I, I don't, I haven't heard of any in Kansas City, but some health systems in the United States are cutting their pay and they're taking away their PTO. So even if they do get sick, they aren't being encouraged to stay home. They're being encouraged to come to work because they're their staff is being exhausted. They don't have the workers to fill the front lines anymore. So, I mean, check on your healthcare providers and make sure that they're doing okay as well because a lot of them aren't. And long after this is over, there's gonna be a lot of mental health repercussions as well because these people are watching people die left and right, unfortunately, and they're not having the time to process it before another patient is being put in that room and and then they're just having to go again. This is, I've, I've never been in battle, but I can imagine that this is what Battlefield is like. Isn't it just amazing to see all of these 
health professionals who are picking up their lives and moving to New York City for a week or two at a time, maybe longer, and they're just, you know, answering the call. And it's a really tough job. It's just, it's just amazing to think about what they're sacrificing. It is knowing that they're putting themselves at risk in direct contact with people who've tested positive uh, with COVID-19. And she even talked about, you know, now being in quarantine to protect her family and, um, you know, worrying about if she is working again in an emergency room in Kansas City, that the time that she would have to spend away from her family would be even longer um, as she would have to separate herself to prevent spread of the virus. And that's something that every nurse um, and medical staff is going through right now. Um, you know, I've, I've heard from some who, when they get home, they, they take off all their clothes in, in a garage or a separate room, you know, bag it up, sanitize their shoes, throw them in the wash, take a shower. They have to take all of these steps to sanitize before they can even hug their children when they get home. And so from beginning to end, it's uh, a huge sacrifice for them. Uh, Hannah seemed pretty shaken by what she experienced there in New York City, but really says something considering she's been a nurse for seven years. Absolutely. I don't think this is anything anyone has ever seen or dealt with before. And she talked about how all doctors, nurses, you know, anyone providing health care right now and dealing with this crisis they are going to be affected by this for, for a long time. She talked about being mentally overwhelmed on the verge of a breakdown and, um, you know, predicts that a lot of people are going to have effects from this, you know, for, for a long time to come. For me personally, I was just so mentally exhausted from everything I was seeing and from the work requirements we were having. I just didn't feel like I was, I could go on anymore. And I was, and it's a lot being away from home like that and working that many shifts in a row. And um, I went from day shift to night shift. So that was a lot too. So, and I felt like if I'm in after quarantine for two weeks and we expect Kansas City to, um, well, Missouri to peak and they're saying like maybe end of April, I can't remember exactly when, I want to be ready to be here for Kansas City after my two weeks. So I don't want to spend a whole bunch of time out of town and then not be able to be here where I'm needed, which is another big concern is we keep, we're sending all of our nurses where they're needed, which is great because they need help. But, you know, are we going to have a shortage here or, you know, is it going to be California or wherever when they're needed there? Because we are, we do have to quarantine when we come back because we don't want to get other people sick. So we, we go into quarantine for two weeks. Do we know what kind of resources are available for people in, you know, medical professionals, doctors, nurses? I mean, how are they going to be able to, when this is all over, address their mental health needs? That is a good question. And I imagine that they have certain systems depending on where they work. Um, but a lot of it, I think, has to do with being able to support each other. And, and a lot of people maybe don't have the chance to, to take a break because this is mm -hmm. just go, go, go. You know, it's, it's such a urgent time right now. Um, but one other nurse that I spoke to, um, when she did finally get a chance to, to take a few days off, she focused on her family and focused on things that, that made her happy and, and why she doesn't. And I think that's what all of us need to do is just find something that helps us get through it.
can you talk about you know, what you hope people understand about their role in this and seeing those images of New York on the news, you know, what you hope they take away from that? I've seen a lot of people saying, well, the outside of the hospitals don't look busy and there's no one out here and you don't see the inside of the hospitals and you don't see the testing centers and um, really you don't see the inside and what's going on, not only in the ER, but up on the floors. And we need to stay away from each other. And we keep saying social distancing and six feet. And that's that's great if you have to go outside. Really, we need to be doing more like social isolation and staying away from each other. And you go to Walmart and you see people touching things and putting them back. Like Look with your eyes and not your hands. It's kind of something that we all learned when we were smaller. We don't have to touch everything because then you're just contaminating it with whatever you have on you, which you know, may possibly be COVID. You could be a carrier and just not be sick. And when you go to the grocery stores, you don't have to take your whole family. You don't need to take mom, dad, and your three kids, one person, and one person for multiple families if you can. Um, and the big thing is just staying away from each other. And kind of like I said in the post, you know, we've been seeing LAPDs having to break up parties and KCPDs having to break up people in parks. We shouldn't be having to do that. We need to stay away from each other or it's going to get as bad as it was in New York here. And I can't even describe how bad it was in New York. I mean, you haven't seen how bad things are until you've seen eight or nine patients in one room for one nurse on a ventilator. And they're all on ventilators. And you may have a couple people who are still awake on BiPAP watching the other people on ventilators realizing that's where they're going. So it's it's really, really sad. And if we don't start containing it here, that's where we're going to end up. And it's not just the elderly anymore. It's people my age. I mean, it's people your age. It's it's everyone. I mean, the only population I didn't see was pediatrics, which is technically under 18. And that's because they have a specialized pediatric ED. So, I mean, I, I wouldn't see them. So we really have to work hard to stay away from each other. And I know it's hard, but the better behaved we are now, the less the less length of time we have to do this. Well, yeah, it, it just, it speaks so much to the sacrifices that these folks are making um, on our behalf and really sends home the message that we have to stay home to protect these people. So um, I'm so happy that you were able to share Hannah's story and I just appreciate you and talking to me from my home studio slash closet. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's a, it's a little different uh, the way we're doing things now, but it's always great to hear your voice. All right. We'll see you again in person soon, Bianca. All right. Take care. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening this week. If you like this podcast, like, rate, and review, we ask that you stay home and stay healthy, Kansas City.